there are so many wonderful truths in this story of Abraham, and uh, they're often uh, tucked away in a verse where that you might miss unless you think uh, line by line and even word by word as you read through the story in Romans chapter 4. For instance, it says that uh, in verse 16, contrary to hope, in hope he believed. Now, how did he do that? How is it possible to have hope when there is no hope? Well, there's a clue, more than a clue, given in verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now, other translations put that this way, but was strengthened in belief as he gave glory to God. Let me correct that. I said belief when it says faith. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith as he gave glory to God. Boy, is that revealing. So, do you see, Abraham was promised this child. He was promised it at 20, uh, 75. He didn't seem to have a lot of confidence uh, in those first early years, but by the age of, uh, by, uh, as 24 years passed, by the age of 99, Abraham seemed ready to believe all the way, because it seems he had come to the place where he, believed, he thought or realized that there's no way human power and, and his potency was going to be able to create this child. If this child, the promised uh, seed, was to uh, come forth, it would be a miracle. Now, God strengthened that awareness in uh, Abraham by telling him at the age of 99, you recall I mentioned this last time, uh, by telling him to change his name from Abraham, Lord, that means Lord, to Abraham, meaning father of a multitude. So here is Abraham changing his name and making it very public knowledge that he believed that he would be the father of a multitude. My goodness, what kind of image would that present to his neighbors and uh, community as he was down at the local inn, you know, having a, a beer with them and talking about the day's activities? And he says, oh, by the way, I've changed my name. Oh, <clears throat> what is your name? Abraham, father of a multitude. They must have thought he was crazy. But what he was doing was facing hopelessness with hope. And how was he doing that? Well, I bet you he was praising. Now, you remember, when God made this promise to him at a certain point, I think it was around this period of 99, he laughed. Abraham laughed. Well, so did Sarah. But interestingly, Sarah was rebuked for laughing by the angel, but Abraham was not. What was the difference? I think Sarah was laughing in a sort of ridicule. This is ridiculous. But Abraham, I think, was laughing in the sense of, my goodness, when this happens, God will get a marvelous rise out of this. He just laughed with faith. And that is what this verse, I think, is all about. When it says, he was strengthened in faith as he gave glory to God.
Now, how does that sit with us? You see, we have faith that Christ will come. We have faith that we will be raised from the dead if we should die beforehand. Or we have faith that we shall be changed into our immortal bodies if we're alive when he comes. We have faith that we will have eternal life. But be honest, sometimes that faith fades. Sometimes it's hard to grasp the realism of what we're believing. Sometimes when you sit quietly, you try to imagine the second coming of Christ, and it seems like a fairy tale. It seems so unreal. The heavens shall melt with fervent heat, and Christ will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and God God will, Jesus will send forth his angels to gather his elect from one corner of the earth to the other. How do you keep believing that as the years go by and the, the, the decades go by? It is by praising, by lifting up our hearts to God and saying, Father in heaven, thank you for the promise of eternal life. Dear God, I praise you that one day I will rise from the dead with an immortal body and I will be so overjoyed. Father, it will be such a pleasure to see you and meet you again. Oh, oh dear God, I want to be there and thank you so much. And Father, sometimes my faith fades and I don't see the image of your coming with such clarity as I used to years ago. But I praise you for that fading because that's all about my human nature that uh, that doesn't uh, live on and cannot uh, comprehend this. But because I have that fading of that vision. It is an opportunity for me to remember to praise because praise brings the truth of your word and the promises of your word back into focus. Do you see what that is all about? Abraham grew strong in faith as he gave glory to God. Now, you and I have so many uh, issues that we want, we ask God about for the blessing upon our children, the conversion of our children, the health of our parents, or whatever it may be, the prosperity that we need to be able to keep going in this world. And when we doubt, and when things seem dark, and when the promises don't seem to be fulfilled, or the, the prayers that we make to God don't seem to be fulfilled, we lift our heart up in in praise. Father, I thank you that you hear me. I praise you that you will answer me in good time, or that your answer will be something more than I anticipated, or something that I may not understand in this world, but I know will be the best for me. I give you thanks. You see, praise gives uh, the strength, the body, the uh, it embodies um, reality. Praise gives body to faith, we might say. So lift up your heart. Now, this is true in regard to addictions, whether you're struggling with alcohol or food addiction or drug addiction or sex addiction. You lift your heart up to God and you say, Father, I thank you that the victory is already won. Christ has already won the victory. You say, that doesn't make sense to me, Colin, because I'm still in the mess. The real power behind addiction, I've said many times, is guilt and shame and fear. 
guilt that all that we have done uh, is going to be charged against us, shame that shame still rests upon us for all our foolishness, and fear that worse will come. But you see, Jesus took the power of guilt and shame and fear on the cross. He was guilty on our behalf. He was ashamed on our behalf. He was afraid on our behalf. Oh my God, he said, why have you forsaken me? All this he took on our behalf. And you say, well, what has that to do with addiction? Well, I'll tell you. Guilt and shame and fear are the real stimuli behind addiction. You see, addiction is an escape from pain. Well, what is the worst pain? Guilt is the worst pain. Shame is the worst pain. Fear is the worst pain. It leads us to depression and isolation from God and ending of the conversation with Him. But when we praise God and say, Father, I praise and thank you that you in your son Jesus took away the power of guilt from me. You took it on the cross, you Lord God in your son Jesus, and shame and fear. I praise you that I have no need to be ashamed or in guilt or or have fear. That leads you to open your heart to God in all kinds of conversations in regard to your struggles and that is that conversation is what gives you the ultimate recovery and freedom from addiction because remember addiction is not really about the drug of choice it is about the silence of the soul the soul that has gone dead the soul that is terribly deeply lonely in its isolation But you don't have to be alone anymore because you can have conversation with God. He will not judge you. He knows that his son has taken the burden of your sins upon himself. Now, you remember Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, and 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. Put together, these verses say this, Give thanks every day under all circumstances for everything For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks every day. Now look, praise does not, is not stimulated by an emotion. It's, you don't praise because you feel happy. You praise and that leads to happiness. You praise when your soul is dead. You praise for victory when you have been defeated. You praise under all circumstances because God is worthy of our praise, and God has done for us what we have not yet seen, and we shall see it. And we praise because the victory is already won. We praise because God speaks of things that do not exist as if they already did. That's the story of Abraham, remember. He praised God for his child. He changed his name to father of a multitude a year before the event actually took place. So how do we praise then on a daily basis? Well, let's be realistic. It's not every moment. We sometimes forget We sometimes get depressed and get angry about praising and resent it. 
And then we lift up our heart to God and we say, Father, I'm just realizing I can praise God even for my resentment because I can praise you that that has no power to condemn me because that is my human nature and my human nature is counted as dead in Christ. Now, I'm jumping ahead of myself because we don't know that yet from the gospel until we go to chapter 6 of Romans where our human nature is counted as dead. But this is how we praise, you see. Even the negatives become an opportunity to praise. Lord, I feel down today. I feel depressed. But I thank you for this feeling because it has no power to condemn me. And it also reminds me to give thanks to you that my joyfulness is in Christ, not in myself, nor in my circumstances. You see then how this all comes together. This is our God who has brought through to us, through Christ, all the experiences of our emotions that we need on a daily basis. Lift up your heart. Do not determine your well-being by how your human nature operates on a daily basis. Moodiness, depression, anxiety, worry, Lift those all up to God. Don't deny them. Lord, I feel worried. I feel anxious. And I praise you that this worry and anxiety has no power to condemn me, no power to touch my soul. In fact, I thank you for it, dear God, because it reminds me that my sinful nature is corrupt and cannot produce any good and is counted as dead in Christ. And for that reason, I praise you that I am in Christ and not accounted as living in my human nature. Thank you for listening today, Colin Cook, and how it happens here. Uh, You have been listening to my broadcast, possibly on the radio. That's KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. And uh, you can also hear it any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com, spotify.com, podbean.com, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. And if you would consider a donation, thank you. It would so much uh, be so helpful. Send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160, or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.